Bishop is a life and recovery coach and an addiction treatment specialist who has a master's in psychology. She is a blogger and a contributing writer for 110 Degrees Magazine. She is a wife, a stepmom, and fairly new to the Brentwood community. She states that she has always been fascinated with personal development and she is an advocate of conscious change. Let's welcome Laura Bishop. Hello, everyone. 110 Degrees Magazine is shedding the spotlight on mental health today. I am your host, Trisha Picaro, the publisher, and my special guest is Life and Recovery Coach Laura Bishop. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you. Hi, it's so nice to see you. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you. We're so happy that we get a chance to chat with you today. I have some questions for you. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the articles that you've written for us and get to know you a little bit better. So uh, my first question to you is, tell me what drew you into this field of work? Oh, that's actually a really interesting question. Um, I always knew I wanted to explore something where I was in the field of helping people, but I wasn't quite sure what industry I wanted to go into. I thought about going to law school and becoming a criminologist and then a teacher and helping kids. And then I ended up getting sober when I was 25 years old. Um, And that was 14 years ago. And so through that process, I really was drawn towards the introspective work and uh, the recovery work in particular. And um, it evoked a lot within myself. Um, I was able to you know, heal old childhood wounds and um, kind of come into my own. And so through that early recovery process, I decided I wanted to go the psychology route. So it really was just a personal journey that led me there. Wow, that's awesome. I was actually a psychology major originally and mm-hmm. thought about being a teacher and a lawyer. That's funny. So, but um, here I am, you know, with the magazine and, uh, but personal stories are, really my passion and getting to know you a little bit more. And I really appreciate all that you have contributed to the magazine with your articles. And I'm, I'm in awe of what you are able to do and how you help people and um, how you share your, your story. Now, tell me a little bit about where you actually grew up, grew up and then what brought you to Brentwood? So I grew up in Sonoma Valley, which I'm sure a lot of people out here are familiar with. It's just um, next to Napa and um, a very small town. I had the most incredible childhood there and upbringing and then um, moved down to Southern California for college, then came back up to Northern California for graduate school and um, relocated to Marin County. And I had been living there for the last 11 years. And then when I met Adam, um, my guy, I followed him. <laughs> I feel like all stories start with there was a guy <laughs> or a girl. Um, so he was living out here and he has a teenage daughter. So for obvious reasons, they were going to be sticking here for you know the next six, seven years. And so I made, after um, a few years, I made the move down here. And that's how I wow. met him. And I had never heard of Brentwood prior to meeting him. Um, 
when I first met him and he said, I live in Brentwood, I thought, how am I going to make a LA relationship work? Like it just never, <laughs> I never had any reason to come down here. So it was, oh. it was kind of a foreign um, place, but I love it here. The community is really similar to what it was like growing up in Sonoma Valley. You know, that small town feel, everyone's super supportive and kind. And um, I, I don't know as many people as I would like to at this point, but everyone I have become close with, like you, for example, and there's some a few other people, they're just so nice and welcoming. And so I, I really do love it here. That's awesome. Well, you did happen to come like, I'm probably right before, I don't know, sometime before COVID hit, right? Yes. So that made it a little more interesting and, and change in the dynamics of everything. And then you have a practice that you can obviously take wherever you go. Um, so, which is great. And I, I'm always curious as to how people wind up in Brentwood because I didn't start in Brentwood myself. And then, um, but when I found it, I did fall in love with it. And then I did think, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I forced my husband and my family out here and I did, I just, it's so off the beaten path to some degree, but it has so many great things going for it. And I love when new people come to the area and they bring their expertise and um, they come from somewhere else. So they have a different perspective. So I was so happy to get to meet you and through the magazine. And then um, I was impressed with your writing. I was impressed with your website, your blogging, what you share. And, um, and then we started collaborating and you wrote an article, um, you wrote a couple things in the magazine. Um, I want to talk about the column that you wrote, which I have right here. And this column was published in the September, I'm going to talk about that first. This column was published in the September issue of the magazine, and it's called You Are Not Alone with Anxiety. And I just want to read one quick thing that really grabbed me from that column, and that was um, first of all, you got very personal and up close in this column. And I thought, wow, that's so brave. You know, you, you shared a part of yourself. You're, you're not just talking about how, you know, you're so great at what you do and how long you've been doing it, but you really gave us some insight as to your own personal issues with anxiety. And, um, here's what you wrote that I really, um, wanted to highlight. There was a time when I chose to suffer alone, a result of my ego telling me to hide. This way of coping kept me sick, ashamed, silent. And then you go on and you also state, each time I admit my truth, I begin to live unashamed. I mean, that is some big revelation that you are sharing with the public. Tell me what inspired you to like, go for that in this new area that you're new to? Um, you know, writing has always been a form of therapy for, for me. Um, I've been a writer since I was a little girl. You know, I would take my diary or my journal, and if I was having a bad day or if I was upset with somebody, I would just write it out, and I instantly felt better. So I equated that with um, – um, I equated that with healing. And so – 
eventually as I started to have more experiences and I would talk to people out in the community or at clients and I would share a little bit about myself with them, I always noticed that they started to relax a little bit more where they thought, okay, she gets it to some extent because she's also gone through that. And then I just started to get more open and honest. It was really scary at first. I remember the first time I posted a blog piece, I thought I was going to throw up because I had posted it on social media and um, it was about an abusive relationship that I was in when I was in high school as a teenager. And nobody wants to admit that. I mean, there's like shame and embarrassment. Yeah. Um, and I also was afraid that my parents were going to see it and then be upset. <laughs> and also I was wanting to, I was worried about the, the person in question feeling like I had blasted some of his personal experience as well. Cause there's always two people involved. However, the feedback I got when I first wrote that piece was so tremendous that I just started to share more and more and more because I was seeing that it was helping people. And then eventually I just started to heal some of my own unresolved issues through the process. And um, I think it catches people off guard sometimes when they hear what I do for a living because there is this idea that, you know, like a therapist or someone with a clinical background just sits you know, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. they don't share a lot of their, their themselves, but I don't subscribe to that. I think um, for me personally, it's made my relationships with my clients stronger and we can do a lot of work together because there's that trust factor. That's Absolutely. Been so. Absolutely. I mean, I can imagine. I just, when I, you know, I come, I, we obviously publish articles and, and we, um, columns and you being new to the area i didn't know a lot about you and then when i when i read this i was just really drawn to the you know the the type of coach that you are for you to be that brave because i'm i'm always telling people you, you have to share you have to be you know you you've got to be authentic you've got to put it out there yet it's hard for me to do that you know as well we all want to be very professional and very careful and not cross the line and not, you know, necessarily reveal too much. Um, but when we do that, we open ourselves up to, to really draw people in and to, to just shed light on, wow, if that person went through that, okay, it's okay. And especially with mental health, mental health is, Something that um, the 110 Magazine, we're trying to address right now more than ever. It's something that um, during COVID became a, a, a real factor for people. More people than ever, right? Not, not. Um, it seems like we're all kind of dealing with different issues, dealing with this new stressful situation. And personally for the 110 Magazine, we've watched some of our own people who um, work with us have their struggles. And so, be, we're, so we're big advocates for that. And we do want to help erase the stigma. And we do want to, we're always here to just share stories. And so the fact that you shared your story, I, I, was, I was really drawn to. Uh, I'm gonna ask you another question. Been helping people achieve sobriety, overcome addiction and find their purpose. Why do you add the finding their purpose part and how do you achieve that? Their purpose. 
Um, I add that part because I think for a lot of people when they start to entertain the idea of sobriety or when they're in, admitting they're in that stage where they're admitting I have, might have a problem, what's it going to look like? I think that that can be the, the experience is really daunting. And then when people do become sober, they don't necessarily necessarily know who they are. So it's like a rediscovery of sorts. You know, you get sober, you have this, well, before you get sober, you have this life and then you get sober and it's like being reborn. Like, who am I? Who am I without drugs and alcohol? Who am I without this stigma attached to myself? So it's like when you get sober, then there's the process of getting to rediscover who you are. And then through that, you find your purpose, you find what you're passionate about. Um, your life changes for the better in many ways. Wow. So I can see it changing for the better. And then I can see that you would, there would, will be people that you um, associated with as that person. And now you're this person. Tell me a little bit about the struggle that people have with that specifically. You mean with their past versus their present? Yes. And, and um, people having, you know, the people that they've hung out with that are used to this, oh, you know, this person that might be, um, that, that they, you know, they, that's all they know. And then now there's this new person in this rebirth. And, um, and then I'm sure there's people that you, you lose friendships or you gain friendships along that way, but you are almost like you said, a rebirth and an involvement. Tell me a little bit about how you help people through that process. Well, oftentimes it's not necessarily the person getting sober that has the hardest time with that rebirth, so to speak. Um, it's the family members and the friends like you talked about, because when somebody is struggling with addiction, um, everybody, especially in a family unit or, you know, in a relationship, for example, there's a role that everybody plays and it's the roles are around the addict as the identified patient, so to speak. And so this is, this is my perfect example. I love this example. And when I explain it to people, they're like, oh, that makes sense. So, you know, the mobiles that they have over baby cribs, I don't know if they make them that much anymore, but yeah. you know, so every, there's an animal one, for example, and every animal serves its purpose. It makes the mobile go around evenly. And so when somebody gets sober, it's like you're removing one of those pieces that are harmonious for the existence of everybody involved. And so it's like, goes like this. And then the people over here don't know how to respond. They don't know what their role is any longer. And even though most times people are just like, they would do anything to get a friend or a family member or a loved one sober. At the same time, once they do, it's very challenging for them because they no longer know what to expect and they no longer know how to respond. And then they see this person over here having new interests, getting new friends, changing. And sometimes that can be really ch challenging for the people around them. But I think for the individual, it's, it's really just, I'm just there to, to hold their hand and cheer them on. Um, I, I don't mean to make it sound so simplistic, but um, really that's all I'm doing. I mean, it's, you get to become who you want to become and then you, you, you have the guidance and my personal experience to help you get there. And then the finding their purpose, you add that, and that seems, I don't know if that's what 
I don't know. That kind of seems above and beyond to me, but important at the same time. So tell me about that aspect. Well, the finding your purpose, it's, um, I spent a lot of years working in rehabilitation centers. And so usually they're 30, 60, 90 days. So really I look at those as um, really important um, foundations for sobriety, but then it's like they go away and then they don't necessarily have all of their, of their tools. And then they don't necessarily know who they are. It's like they're in this little bubble and it's healing and safe and they love it. And then it's like they get pushed out into the world. So for me, I like to work with the clients long-term. I mean, I have a client who I've been working with for two years and he has two years of sobriety and it's amazing. But as he evolves, other things come up for him. And so it's like, well then how can I help you get to the place you wanna be? Like we come up with new goals, new expectations, we put a new plan in place. And um, that's the piece that I think is really important for long-term success, not even for people who wanna be sober, I think just in general. I mean, um, people can do this work. Coaching is really beneficial in any aspect of your life, not just necessarily if you're trying to abstain from drugs and alcohol. Absolutely, I totally believe in coaching. And um, I want to now chat a little bit about the article that you first did with the 110 Magazine, which I have here. And this was, you know, shortly after COVID, and it's called, How Do We Begin Again? And this was in the July issue of the 110 Magazine. If you want to refer back to any of our articles, you can always go to our website. We have archives. And you gave us five tips, really, on... Um, some strategies, uh, some coping strategies. And then um, towards the end of the article, you wrote this, and I'm just gonna read this out loud. Uh, you said change begins with taking that first step. Today, I am grateful despite the losses and periods of uncertainty, which these are such uncertain times, not only with COVID, with the election, with a lot of things going on, with the economy. Um, so you state, I am using this experience to slow down, recenter, and reflect, opening my eyes and heart to a different way of being, to put my mental health first, to learn and be willing to grow, to be intentional with my time and energy, and to show up for my community, friends, and family. I love that. So my question to you is, what advice can you give to anyone right now that is struggling with anxiety, depression, addiction? Um, what, how can you, like, what's the best way for us, you know, as friends and family members of those people to help them and to reach out for them? You know, give us all some advice. Okay. So I, it's a really big question and I'll do my best to answer it um, completely. I think first and foremost, as a friend or a family member, if you have someone who's struggling, make it known that you are there for them. Um, not necessarily saying, are you okay? And always checking in, but like making it very clear that I am here to listen. You know, when I have my own personal experiences with anxiety, I still have them, even though I do this work and I have all the tools that I will tell a client to utilize as well. Sometimes it just doesn't work in the moment. And yes. so this deal with my partner, Adam, we have this deal and I just can say to him, I'm really anxious. And he will sit down with me and he will literally hold my hand and say, 
I am here. And then Aww. just knowing that I have that support, it's so helpful. He's not, he's not saying it'll pass. You'll be fine. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear those things yes. when they're in an emotional crisis. It just almost makes it um, exasperating. I love that. So I always use that with my friends too. Like I'm here for you. And I think it's really just comforting to know that you have somebody in your corner. And if you are struggling with anxiety or you're finding that you're drinking too much during this time, I mean, first and foremost, give yourself a little bit of credit. This is unprecedented what we are going through. Um, I mean, anxiety levels and depression and suicidal ideations have, I think they have like increased by 40% was the last study that I read a couple weeks ago. And the, um, the uh, liquor industry, I mean, they're, um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Um, so I think just giving yourself a little bit of, uh, of a break and being kind to yourself and then finding somebody that you can talk to, whether it be a therapist, a coach, a psychiatrist, whoever is going to be best for you. Cause, um, treatment isn't, you know, one size fits all. So you have, I think it's really important for you to find what works for you. You know, like so many times, um, I'll work with a client and they're, they have somebody in their life will, that will say to them, Oh, just go to AA. You'll be fine. Just go to AA. You'll be fine. And I think AA is an amazing program. And um, it helped me personally in my early sobriety. And I think it's a great foundation. But if somebody who has a drinking problem has gone to AA for the last five, 10 years, and it doesn't work for them, well, then let's find a solution. Let's find another option. So I think finding what works for you is really important too. And not being afraid to admit that you are struggling because every single human being walking this planet is struggling myself included. And I think it's really brave and empowering to be able to say that. Um, there's, it, I am a firm believer that there is no shame in saying that I need a little bit of extra support today or tomorrow or a week from now. Wow, That's awesome. I think people stay sick when they are, um, when they choose not to, to reach out or they don't, they don't tell somebody that they're having a hard time. Okay. Um, love all that. Now, how can, can people find you, you and then let's talk about your giveaway. What was the last, I, I think you, oh, have, I'm so sorry. What was the last thing? No worries. Your giveaway. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I am offering a free session to anybody. It could be in Brentwood. Um, it could be outside of Brentwood area, um, a free one hour session. It can be done via Zoom. It can be over the phone. Um, if you are local, it can be in person if that's something that you prefer. And um, it can be a life coaching session. It could be a recovery session. It could just be about anything that you want. If you want support, you want somebody to talk to, it's a free session. And I'm offering it to um, the first person who reaches out to me. You can either call me or you can send me a message on my social media or my website. The website is laurabishopcoaching.com. Very simple. Um, I can just throw out my phone number here. Yep. Go right ahead. It's 415-246-1129. And you can also text me. You don't have to call if you don't want to. And my Instagram is um, a little bit different. It's Lola Ray Bishop. And that's L-O-L-A-R-A-Y-B-I-S-H-O-P. Awesome. 
Well, I appreciate you doing that wonderful giveaway. And I hope somebody gets blessed with that and takes advantage of that. And um, I just want to, in closing, state that Laura has been a contributing writer for 110 Degrees Magazine. You can find her previous articles on our website in the archives, July of 2020, September 2020. And she's going to do a new article in the December issue. So look out for that. Please like and follow the 110 Magazine so you can watch upcoming Talking with Trisha webinar segments where I will interview my next one actually next week on Veterans Day. I'll be interviewing a U.S. veteran, Gerald Wilson, and always follow us on 110 Magazine, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our website. And lastly, I just want to thank you so much, Laura, for your time. It's awesome getting to know you and uh, dig a little bit deeper. And I just, I love and appreciate your writing. So continued, you know, I, I just hope that you continue with the success of all that you do and helping other people. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's so sweet. And you are the first person that I met in Brentwood and you were so kind. So you really set the bar high for everybody. <laughs> well, thank you. And we will definitely like get together in person sometime. We'll have to have coffee. There's lots to do in this town. And I hope you love living here as much as I do. I've been here 15 years now and uh, I absolutely love it and the people. It's awesome. And so, and, and it was great that you found the 110 and reached out and we got to have this moment. So thank I just want to thank everybody for tuning in and we'll see you next time. We're going to do this every week on Wednesday at 4 p.m. So thank you and happy reading of the 110 Magazine, everyone. Bye. Bye.